Hello, and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, I know we were gone for about a week, took a little break, but we're back and we have so much to talk about. So much has happened just over the the start of July here in Nashville. And we're going to talk about some really fun topics and go over some, you know, what's going on with the Preds, what's going on with Nashville SC, what's going on with the Titans. So there's just so much going on. We're going to dive into everything. So really excited to talk about that. But before we do... If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You guys don't have to go looking for the podcast anymore. Once you go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and every single week when there's a new episode, you're going to get that episode directly into your feed. So no need to go searching for it. No need to be looking over social media to see if it's up yet. Once the episode is out, it'll go right into your feed. And if you haven't followed the sports credential on social media yet, do that too, because we're going to be covering everything and anything coming in this summer. We covered NHL draft. We're going to be covering a training camp coming up in just about a week or two. Uh, We're going to be covering the Music City Grand Prix. It's right around the corner. Um, There's so much stuff going on. The track is already up and we're going to be there all weekend. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, because we'll keep you updated with all the news, uh, in-depth coverage, uh, live updating at events. So please be sure to follow the Sports Credential. We'll love you for it, and we're going to keep you covered. So there's a lot to talk about over these last few weeks here in Nashville. I think uh, the biggest one you got to talk about is the Titans just this week have announced or unofficially announced um, that they will be signing DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year deal. And after all the mumbo-jumbo, all the speculation, all the talk about is he going to go to the Patriots? Is he going to come to Tennessee? Is he Where is he going to land? And the Tennessee Titans, finally, their wide receiver won after an absolute disaster of a season last year with having the worst passing offense in the entire league. So... This is huge for the Titans, and obviously DeAndre isn't the player he was four or five years ago, but you know, even with an injured season last year, he still put up more yards than the entire Tennessee receiving core did all season, which shows you how bad this team was, this Tennessee Titans team. And now they have a new GM who made some great moves, had, a, I would say, a pretty good draft. You got a new offensive coordinator, a lot of new coaches. I mean, you have Mike Rabel trying to really push the envelope and make this a, a at least playoff caliber team. Um, and now you have the wide receiver to really kind of help boost this team in the right direction. They have the offensive lineman and Pierce Skaronski. There's still a lot of work to do with the offensive line, and they're probably not going to be that good this year. But on paper, at least, they look like they should be better than last year. Same thing with the uh, wide receiving core. They were horrible last year, but on this paper, they shouldn't be the worst in the league. But with the move, even though Titans fans were begging for this move, now comes the talk of, is he going to be Julio Jones? I know I was big hype on Julio Jones. I thought that was a great move, and I thought it was going to be one and two with him and A.J. Brown. But obviously, it was kind of a disaster. He just didn't play at all 
between him just being bad and the injuries, it just and him just not working on the offense, it was just a, a disaster. And of course, a lot of Titans fans are thinking the same thing. Is this going to be another Julio Jones situation? Is this going to be another, you know, disaster on their hands that blows up in their face? You know, they're paying $12 million for the first season, probably another $12 million the second season. I believe it's a $26 million deal for two years. Uh, $12 million guaranteed in year one with, you know, $15 million, uh with incentives. So that's a lot of money, but I mean, we know what his Titans team is on money. I mean, can we predict that he's going to be Julio Jones or not be Julio Jones? You really can't. It's it's a different situation with the Arizona Cardinals and the Atlanta Falcons. Two very different teams, two very different situations. I mean, just two seasons ago, DeAndre Hopkins was one of the best wide receivers, arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Um, last season, he... He was suspended for a handful of games for uh, PEDs, but he came back and had a pretty solid season. Like I said, he had more receiving yards than the entire, every single receiver on the entire Titans team. And if they had a player like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe they would have won an extra game or two. They only really need to win was one more game and they would have won the division and had a shot at the playoffs. When you look at it, regardless of how bad they were, all they need to win was like one more game and having a decent offensive line would have probably helped them there had at least one receiver that could have offered some type of help to Ryan Tannehill or whoever the quarterback is or whoever it was, whoever it's going to be, you know, yeah, they probably would have, I think they would have won one game. And that's why I think this deal is pretty good. Did you give him one, this team, obviously, bringing Rand Carthon in and Mike Vrabel doesn't want to lose. We, we know that he does not want to be a rebuilding coach. He would be gone if that was the fact, but they're going to give it one more year because you still have Derrick Henry, who's the best, regardless of whatever some random ranking says, Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league. And he's been the best and he's going to continue to be the best until he's not. But right now he's the best. But the reason why he had a crappy year, even though he ran for I think 1500 yards is because of the offensive line. So, and they're working on that. And then you, there's another reason why Ryan Tannehill had a bad year is because of the offensive line and wide receivers, he had no one to throw to. So yeah, I know the Ryan Tannehill. hate is always going to be there because he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers, And you know, so he's not Pat Mahomes. So of course people are always going to be, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. And that's another discussion for another time of, Ryan Tannehill's a guy to help the Titans to the Super Bowl. But for this season and for last season, I I don't feel comfortable just throwing him under the bus because of how bad everything else was around him. And now having a set left tackle and making set pieces within the offensive line, guys who won't be like floating around constantly or be in and out, in and out, in and out. Same thing with the wide receiver. You got Traylon Burks. He's going to have another season under his belt. Chiga Quanquo, he's going to have another year. If you had just those two guys on the team this year, being your one and two, that that would have been a disaster. Because this these guys, those guys need more time to develop. They're not just ready to go. I think we expected them to be ready to go, and they were not. And bringing Robert Woods, they thought maybe a veteran will come in and help out the team a little bit, and he was a disaster. 
So bringing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in is, I think it's, it's, it is a good move for where this team is. And if they still want to be competitive, there was no other option than going all in on DeAndre Hopkins, obviously not making a bad deal, but they were able to get him for a pretty good deal. I mean, only two years, I mean, 26 million, but if he's bad, then they go into a hard rebuild and they sell everything regardless. That's the thing. If the Titans are a disaster this year, then you just sell everything and you start from scratch. If he's good, now maybe you can have Will Levis develop with a player like DeAndre Hopkins. And maybe they offer him another contract. Or maybe they do now that now they're a competitor. They're like, well, we're going to spend money now. And they actually invest into making this team a championship caliber team. Now, obviously, this is all just you know talk because the season's not even here yet. We're not even here at training camp. We don't even know what he looks like. We don't even know what the offensive line's going to look like. We don't even know if, you know, Will Levis is going to blow up and be, you know, the next big guy or if it's going to be Ryan Tannehill's team. Um, I think it's his team until he loses it. It's, it's his job to really lose. But we all know Mike Vrabel was not scared about the whole bringing Tannehill over Mariota. That happens, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's not scared to bring in Levis over Tannehill. He wants to win and he's going to give the best quarterback the job. But this is a great step in the right direction for the Tennessee Titans. And I think if you're a Titans fan, you should be super excited for this season. Terrified, but excited because there's life. There's something going on. They're not just stagnant in dead water, floating around, waiting for something to move them in a direction. They're, they're going in a direction, and it's the, I feel, it looks like it's the right direction. you got a new GM who's really smart and has a great repertoire and had a fantastic draft and made some really solid decisions when it came to uh, cutting some players, cutting some dead weight, cutting some salary, and then made a really good deal in DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he stole DeAndre Hopkins from Bill Belichick. That says a lot. You know, Mac Jones is a solid quarterback. You could argue that that team is in a better place to make a run in the playoffs than the Tennessee Titans are, especially after last season. But, you know, Tennessee attracted DeAndre Hopkins. I think Coach Vrabel is an attractive coach to a lot of players. I think he's got a great culture around the team. I think that there's still some life, and especially with Rank Carthon, there's just kind of like this new era and the Tennessee Titans. And I think that's something that was really attractive. And we all know Tannehill is a good quarterback. We, he's had some fantastic seasons with Tennessee and he's obviously had some bad games and some really bad moments last year was a bad season and they just got to put that in the past and realize this is a different team different GM different coaching staff outside of Rabes it's it's it's, it's, it's different and it's it's going to be really fun to watch and I think training camp I think there's going to be so many eyes on training camp and especially going into week one to see if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be that guy I mean it may take a couple games for him to get adjusted to the Titans offense. I don't think it will take that long. Um, but we you know you never know. You never know. So it's it's gonna be so much fun. And I think I'm more excited for this Titans season than I was last season, maybe even the season before. I was pretty excited last season because I thought they were gonna be good, but uh they did they were not. They went into last season without AJ Brown and now they're going into this season with DeAndre Hopkins. And whether you like the deal or not or you think DeAndre is objectively good or objectively washed out on paper. That's good. You go from losing your best wide receiver to now going into the next season with one of the best wide receivers. 
that that is progress. That shows that the team is willing to spend money and take a bet, uh, take a chance, and make a bet on a really good player who we don't know. He, he could be the Julio Jones or he could be A.J. Brown. But really awesome. Another thing I want to talk about in this episode is uh, Nashville SC. And I, I'm laughing because they have had a really, really, really rough stretch. I mean, this has got to be one of the worst stretches in club history. I know this isn't, you know, this team hasn't been around for very long, but it, it's it's been rough. It's been really, really rough. Uh, good thing Nashville can catch their breath because right now they're in the, the all-star break. MLS is in the all-star break. Uh, Hani Mukhtar and Walker Zimmerman are up in D.C. getting ready for the all-star match between Arsenal. But the rest of the team is just kind of waiting uh, before they start Leagues Cup and before they get back into MLS play. And I would be surprised if Gary Smith and his coaching staff were working tirelessly to figure out what's wrong with this team and how to fix it. So let's just take a look at their last couple games, if you're not familiar. This all started on after the June 17th game against St. Louis and Nashville, where Nashville won three to one. At that point, they looked like the best team in MLS. They were it was pretty much them in Cincinnati as the two teams that were going to be the team to be, at least in the East. And then they went to Montreal the next week and they lost one zero. A game, you know, they had some really good looks, but they really weren't able to capitalize on any opportunities. But Montreal, regardless of where they are in the standings, they're always a really good home team. So, 1-0 loss. Not the end of the world, but ended their uh, unbeaten streak. But who cares about streaks? It's all about just getting good performances and try to win as many games and get as many points as you can. All right. Next week, in Columbus, they lose 2-0 to the crew. Okay, now now we're on the losing streak, right? Are they even considered a losing streak? Some people don't. I I. I'd say two losses in a row. That's the beginning of a streak. Once again, some good opportunities, some great, some solid moments from Hani, but not being able to connect and giving up some really questionable opportunities on the other side, you know, giving up two goals, but Columbus is a good team. They're another one of those teams that's top fighting for a top four spot. So, and it's no way games. You kind of like, you know, bite your tongue and like move on. Then next week, the next week after that, the first game into July, uh, DC United comes to visit Nashville. Ryan Leal has his best game that he's had probably in two seasons, um, scoring two goals, arguably three, but the first one was called offside. But put three three balls in the back of the net, two of them counted, and it looked like Nashville was kind of back. You know, DC United has always been kind of a this season they've been kind of a floating around that last playoff spot not bad but really not good but you take a team we welcome a team at home you're expected to beat them especially a team that's kind of floating around the midsize and which they did and randall lee all looked great it wasn't the honey mukhtar show which is fantastic to show that this team can score without honey um obviously they've been having they've been without a couple players throughout the stretch everyone's back now but without in this stretch with not having Fafa, not having Anibal Godoy, not having Jacob Schaffelberg due to the Gold Cup. But that's over now. They had that great win. Next week in Chicago, lose 1-0 to Chicago, a really bad Chicago team. Once again, 
the opportunities were there. The chances were created, but they just weren't able to connect. It's almost like they're missing a player. It's almost like they're missing that number nine striker. So, which everyone's been crying about for the last, I'd say, probably eight months to a year. Another game, you know, they gave up a goal that really shouldn't have been a goal. You know, once again, it's almost like Nashville makes one little mistake and on defense and now they're down and they'll make a thousand chances uh, make a thousand opportunities, but they just cannot connect the ball to get over that goal line. It's um, that's the way it's been these last couple games. And then they welcomed Philadelphia union in a uh, big Wednesday game. They wound up losing two nil on two penalties, two penalties. Nashville gave up two penalties, both penalties given up by, by Dan Lovett who got carded on both. He got kicked out in the 81st minute. And the game before that, Walker Zimmerman got knocked, got kicked out with two yellows. Now we have two players with red cards and only a handful of games. But wait, there's more. Later in the game, uh, after when it was 2-0, Nashville putting on so many opportunities. Ball couldn't connect. Randall couldn't connect. Fafa couldn't connect. Teal had some beautiful opportunities right in front of an open net, and he just could not connect. The finishing was just absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. And Hani couldn't make anything work. It was just really difficult. You could see the frustration in him. You could see the frustration in the rest of his team. And that's where it started to get chippy. Shaq Moore had a uh, altercation with a player from Philadelphia Union. And it resulted in him straight red. Uh, Carranza from Philadelphia getting a straight red. So Nashville was down to nine players in the at the end of the game. So two players ejected on a red. Coach uh, Gary Smith was really upset, and usually most coaches, and a coach like Gary, he's very kind of a straight shooter, but he won't, you know, knock the officiating. He'll mention a questionable call, and like, oh, that's part of the game, but you know, he he was laying into the referee this after this game. I mean, it was pretty insane. Nashville had two opportunities, uh, two fouls on them in the penalty box. That one was initially called a penalty. I believe it was a handball. And then later, after VAR check, it was, you know, called off. It was one of the weirdest games I've seen probably over the last two seasons. Just officiating was horrendous. It was just Nashville couldn't make anything. It was almost like there was a someone put a hex on the Nashville's goal. It was just it was impossible for them to score. I mean, it, it, unbelievable. But once again, you bite your tongue and you move on to the next one. Sadly, the next one was in Cincinnati against number one FC Cincinnati. Nashville started off really good. You know, they had some really good moments. Um, they were able to score. Walker Zimmerman putting the ball behind the net. It was their first goal in, in two games after only scoring two goals in the last five games. It, it felt good. It felt like, okay, this Nashville team is really going to be putting up an awesome fight. It, it's it's, it's going to be great. But everything changed in the second half. When uh, Taylor Washington got a second yellow and was sent off on a red in the 68th minute. And then two minutes later in the 70th minute, Fafa got called for a second yellow. It's very soft. Both yellows were thought were very soft. They're both fouls. Maybe one of them was a yellow. But double yellow, even on Taylor, double yellow, just absolutely just mind-blowing. And you can 
complain about the refs. I know I've made some comments about the refs, and the fans are going absolutely asinine about the refs. Um, and the officiating is obviously a problem in MLS, and has been a problem. It's just it, something needs to change. But you can't ignore. This is not a normal occurrence for this team. This is not a normal occurrence throughout the MLS that there's multiple red cards every game. But now you have back-to-back games where two players were sent out. Back-to-back games where this team was forced to play with nine nine players. And what happened? They wound up losing 3-1. Really just demoralizing, embarrassing, especially against a team like Cincinnati, who many consider a rival. I would consider a rival. And you're fighting for that top spot. They were, and I think they were just a handful of points away from taking over that number one spot in the East. But loss after loss after loss, not being able to score, frustration, back-to-back games with two red cards, four red cards in two games? I believe five red cards in four games. That is absolutely insane. That's not like this team. They're playing frustrated. The lack of discipline, that's all it shows, is the lack of discipline and not being able to keep a cool head. Now, every once in a while, a player like Dax will get heated and maybe Walker will get heated and a red card will come out. Unlucky sequence of events and a red card comes out. But four red cards in back-to-back games, that is just uncalled for. And you kind of just have to kind of scratch your head and say, What's going on? What needs to change? I think the biggest thing that needs to change is uh, discipline. For some reason, I guess it's the the frustration of not being able to score goals, which obviously is the biggest frustration someone could have on the field, is uh, taken over and really just kind of destroyed the discipline on this team. The amount of yellows that players from Nashville just received in the last handful of games, especially in these last two games, just absolutely mind-blowing. and. Getting a red card is just so unacceptable. So unacceptable. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville's having conversations with the league, talk about refs and all that stuff, and nothing's really going to change. So, Because you have to work with the refs you have, regardless. I mean, you could have some absolutely horrible refs, like we saw in the Philadelphia game, but you have to work with the refs, and you have to adjust with the refs. If you know he's going to blow his whistle a little too much, then you have to play smarter. If you know he's maybe not may not blow a whistle, then you're going to have to adjust there as well. And sadly, that wasn't the case. Um, Nashville was just playing really frustrated, and they let that get to their heads, and they made sloppy decisions. They thought they could get, get away with certain things, which they did not, and they didn't let cool, cooler heads prevail. Um, at the end of the day, cooler heads will always prevail, especially in a sport like soccer because, I mean, any type of physical altercation, the ref is always going to call a foul and pull out a yellow card. And that's the difference between, you know, this sport and a lot, so many other sports. I mean, one player can get hit with 10 penalties in a game and maybe he'll get a suspension. You get a red card, that's it. You're out and you're out for the next game. And you can protest, but there's usually no point in protesting because by the time that someone makes a decision, the the next game is already over. So, Nashville was out the, without their two best fullbacks in uh, the game against Cincinnati and Dan Lovitz and Shaq Moore. Now for their next game, they're going to be without Taylor Washington and Fafa Pico. It's kind of one of those things that now you just got to deal with it and figure out what to do. And another issue, obviously, you could argue being the biggest issue over this last six stretch of games is finishing scoring. 
because Nashville has been on fire for the last month and a half. It's been the Hani Mukhtar show. I mean, I believe he still leads the league in goals and goals and assists. But this six-game stretch, they just have not been able to make anything work. It's Teal's had opportunities. Fafa's had opportunities. Randall's had opportunities. But just nothing, there's been not a whole, there hasn't been a whole lot of finesse. And I don't know if it's Hani's just not playing at his best or it's just, it's almost like it's just not working. I don't know if they're not working hard enough. Obviously they are. I mean, these guys worked their butts off. And just a month ago, they were the best team in MLS. And now they're going to lose their top four spot. And this, this is a really difficult time right now. They were in the midpoint of the season. They were super, super hot. And they were, and they got even hotter. And now they're, you know, dead in the water. So you got to figure out what's what, what's got to change. What's What needs to work? And I think at the end of the day, it's got to be finishing. It's got to be discipline and it's got to be finishing. And guys like Randall and guys like Fafa and guys like uh, Teal Bunbury need to be at the best they can possibly be. Because if Hani's not scoring or the defense is all over Hani, the other guys need to be able to come across. And as we've seen these last couple games, outside of Randall's two-goal game against D.C., they haven't been able to. Nashville should have scored at least three goals against Philadelphia. I mean, anyone that was at that game or watched the game on TV would say they really should have. It wasn't like, oh, a bad call. There were tons of bad calls, but there were plenty of calls that didn't go against Nashville or they weren't opportunities where they didn't get called on a foul and they should have scored multiple times. I mean, they should have been up 2-0 or 2-1 in the, in the first half with the amount of scoring opportunities they had, the amount of balls right in front of the net they had, especially from Teal. Teal... I know he probably felt sick after the game because he had two brilliant opportunities right in front of the net, and he just couldn't capitalize. They had this little break, which I think was at the best possible time this break could have been because, I mean, they were on a downward spot, a spiral, and it would have gotten really bad really, really fast. So you get some time to work on themselves, catch their breath. Gary and his staff has some time to kind of work out what the next move is. So, yeah, the next MLS game is not going to be until August 20th because they're going to be some time off for the League's Cup, which I know everyone else is super excited for, and so am I. After the All-Star break, Nashville will be hosting two League's Cup games, uh, first one being this weekend on Sunday, the 23rd, against the Colorado Rapids. And then next Wednesday, the 27th, they'll be hosting Liga MX team uh, Toluca, uh, also at Geodas Park. That one is going to be so much fun because Nashville's got a vibrant Latino community, vibrant Mexican community, and anytime a Mexican team is playing somewhere in the U.S., it becomes almost like a second home game for these teams because there are so many fans for of Liga MX throughout the United States, and they come out in full force. And it's going to be a wild environment. Hopefully you know, nothing gets out of hand as we know that Mexico national team fans like to get a little rowdy. Um, it should be an unbelievable experience. I know the League's Cup uh, friendly that they had last season brought in so many. I believe it was uh, Club America came to visit Nashville, and so many Club America fans showed up at Geodas Park. They were out, they outnumbered Nashville SC fans, so Nashville SC fans should really go to this game. They want they want to lose that home field advantage because these uh, Liga MX fans are going to come out in full force, and they're not going to sit 
They're not going to take a break. They're not going to rest their voices. They're going to be chanting, screaming the entire game. And if Nashville City fans can kind of combat that, it's, it's going to be one of the best experiences at Geodas Park. They have this break. They're going to play in the League's Cup, which is going to be a great opportunity for them to play in another tournament outside the uh, U.S. Open Cup, which is, you know, it is what it is. Some people like it. Some people don't. I kind of like it, but it's got its issues. But now you got a new tournament. You're playing a Liga MX team, and it's going to be a great little tournament, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see what's going to happen, who's going to prevail, what Liga MX teams are going to come up on top, to see if any MLS team is going to make some big upsets against any the top Liga MX teams, if any of the smaller Liga MX teams are going to make a have an upset against some of the top MLS teams. A great way to kind of rebuild on Mexican football and American to kind of bring the two countries together to kind of create a, a healthy rivalry so um, us, us soccer fans can just have as much soccer as possible and good soccer, competitive t- soccer, tournament soccer. There's, there's nothing quite like tournament soccer. So this is, yeah, this is going to be a big tournament and it's going to be really exciting to see how Nashville plays because um, I think as much as uh, head coach Gary Smith and the players and the team want to win and not want to perform well in this tournament, I don't think Gary's going to want to possibly put someone in that may be hurt or may not be playing at 100% uh, if that means they could be, you know, God forbid hurt themselves even more in MLS play. He knows that the team's not doing well. He knows that there's a few injuries, a couple of issues. Guys are not playing at 100%, and he doesn't want to risk anything because at the end of the day, you know, MLS is the most important. Getting a championship, getting to the playoffs is a number one priority for every team and every coach. So, but, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, I think this is a good opportunity for Nashville to play outside of MLS play currently, especially because they're going to be playing uh, Colorado. So they're going to play an MLS team, and they're probably at full strength. Uh, they're playing Toluca. That's going to be a really entertaining one, like I said, with the Mexico fans coming into full force. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great tournament. I've been super excited and super stoked for this tournament for quite a long time. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. I know I'm going to have so much fun watching it. And after that, we go uh, back into MLS play uh, in the middle of August. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, talking a little bit about Nashville SC and talking a little Titans. Uh, hopefully within the next week or two, we're going to have some awesome guests talking both about Titans football as we get closer to training camp, as well as talking some SEC football and some Vandy football. So we, football's in the air. We're right around the corner from NFL and college kicking off, and there's a lot going on with Vandy, a lot going on with Tennessee. Uh, SEC's going to be wild this year, like always. And NFL, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am so ready for football to start. As just, you know, when football, in the middle of football season, I get exhausted. I'm like, oh, I'm done with football. Just bring back baseball. Let me let me enjoy college basketball. But now that I've been away from football for so long, I just, that's all I th- I'm thinking about right now. So that's right around the corner. And we're going to have you guys covered both on the Sports Credentials website and here at the Sports Credential Podcast. So. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to the Sports Credential podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Boero, and thank you guys, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.